Hey, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Wandering this afternoon. Did what? And yeah, we were going live. Uh, but we are live. We're playing some Wandering. We're talking about old uh, two mules for Sister Sarah. Steven was telling me how bad of a GIM I, GM I am. And uh, we've decided on how we're going to end the campaign. And this was uh, this was a joint effort. Uh, so we're going to summarize what happens. They make it to Angmar. Wham, bam, save some people. They go on their way back. Everyone roll a D10. As Maitre said, if you roll a six or higher, you survived. If you roll a one to five, you die. <laughs> Give it a roll. Let's see Gandhi. how it turns. I'm sorry. It's a D10. So I don't know how you're rolling Gandhi's. Whoa. I rolled a three, but I'm going to say I rolled above five. So I survived. <laughs> Long understanding. I rolled a lolly. I survived. Just you just say what you just you just make up the number. You just make it look like you're rolling, and then say whatever it is that you feel like rolling. That's that's how it works. Technically, the Lord of the Rings dice are d10s because it's one through ten, and then Sauron and Gandalf. That's fair. That's fair. Oh yeah. That's fair. I did ask you to roll a d10 though. I didn't ask you to roll uh, a, a one ring die, so or feet die. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll reroll. I got a Another three, Gandhi. and I wow. am dying on the battlefield <laughs> in Tharnau's arms. That, Does anybody? Oh, yeah. Let's see. Did Tharnau survive? Let me roll a little one for Tharnau. Oh, that's a three. Tharnau. Tharnau. Oh, amazing. We're going to Romeo you. and Juliet this bitch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There you go. Did anyone survive the return from Angmar? Anybody? Anybody survive? Like, legit? My lolly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Seven. Right, so Rineal and Gilly survived. Everybody else died. And uh, thanks for watching <laughs> this year and a half that we've been playing One Ring. We'll be back next week with something else. I don't know what. And we'll go from there. <laughs> I'll make great? sure to bring uh, Block Fong back for T-Man. So maybe Block you can play him Fong. in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, I'm going to be cursed with that ass. God, wouldn't <laughs> that be great if that's how we just decided to do it right now? Bam. No. All of a sudden, my stress level just drops like several levels. It's amazing. Uh, anyhow, speaking speaking of increasing my stress levels, we've got long, long. Tell us who you're playing. I am playing Floy, a treasure hunting dwarf. Not much treasure up here, but that's I'm battling Angmar. Apparently, there's tons of treasure up here. You just didn't didn't seem like you really wanted to go searching for it. I mean, everyone's Okay, I'm going to convince this war band to go treasure hunting with me. Dude, if you're just, if you said this, I'm like, guys, listen, just trust me on this, okay? What do wars need? Money, okay? They need money. We need to fund the the, the war, the war bands. Let's just go, let's go ransack some places, steal some stuff. It'd be great. A solid half of us are dwarves as well. So you already have most of them. I mean... Of the whole company, yeah. You probably could convince them, I would think. Yeah, I think for sure. The elves might be offended. <laughs> elves might look at you. Uh, okay, speaking of being offended, Ashley, tell us about Gilly. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, now. apparently. <laughs> uh, I have had to mother the group a bit, so maybe that's what he means. But I'm Gilly Kettlegrass. She is our Brie Hobbit. Uh, she is a scholar. Um, definitely not a saint, but she's very kind-hearted. Um, and yeah, she's got the ring of dreams. Uh, she, uh, I'm wondering, perhaps that's what caused her to draw so much attention to herself, where she almost had her throat ripped out. Um, and yeah, she's, she's not feeling super great. She's tired, but as you should be, trying to go to Ingmar, crazy. 
So those things that you were fighting at Deals Homestead, those were courtesy of first edition wondering, as I have been taking some first edition oh. stuff and using them over here, which has been great. Uh, still hasn't killed anyone. So I can see why there was a second edition. Speaking of second edition, Arineal, tell us <laughs> about your darn character. <laughs> I'm really enjoying these transitions. <laughs> They're classic. Uh, Arineal is the uh, the first ranger of this particular fellowship um she is a little bit down the cursive i i you said second and so i wow like just like first. the just... way you emphasize the first ranger <laughs> yeah i didn't come out saying the first dwarf i know right right agreed dang <laughs> uh little nobody, bit of nobody make vengeance. a hobbit backup because then gilly will go crazy <laughs> It's the uh, dwarves that have to be worried. I'm currently doing decently with the swinging of the swords. Um, back to having the uh, snowshoes, the now famous snowshoes uh, that Arineal wears when it's uh, cold outside to keep the toesies warm. And she's uh, one of the few in the fellowship with... Um, Currently full endurance. Right on. Uh, and no fatigue, too, which is pretty great. It's pretty amazing. Speaking of amazing, Stephen, tell us about Daggett. Oh, thank you, buddy. Uh, Daggett is the most friendly, lovable, and trustworthy dwarf that you'll ever meet. He is a captain, so we refer to him as, oh, captain, my captain, or just Captain Daggett, you know, uh, not what a people pirate don't, captain, but what like, people don't see is that no one here is actually sitting down. We're all standing on our desks for this stream. Yeah, we just have the Long, webcams. Ashley, Everyone's you get these references. Long, Ashley, have you get seen these the movie. Yes. Which one? Have you, Ashley, Some poet movie. <gasps> okay, Ooh, I'm giving her credit. Of She's got it. She's got yeah. it. I'm giving her credit for that. That's a ding ding. How yeah, about you, Robin? Wrong? Williams movie. Right? Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Give her some hope. <laughs> Ashley, give give out some hope for that. Ashley, <laughs> take a point of hope. <laughs> uh Stephen, are you done? Speaking uh, yeah, of Stephen much. being done, let's turn over to my trade. My trade, tell us about Taryn. <laughs> well, it's a good thing Stephen is done because I can tell you that Tara is our warden ranger of the north that was committed to being Daggett's bestie. Whether or not he wants that to happen. <laughs> and Man, and he doesn't. Just... He really doesn't. But that's not stopping me. So, <laughs> so yeah. That's Taran. Freaking tastic. Uh all right. The way the great thing about Terranet too is that if I really just want everyone to cry, I just kill uh I just kill Tharnow and boom, <laughs> waterworks. Right? Just happens. This is true. This is true. All right. Or I could kill Titus. I think Titus is a... Is oh, man, no, Titus favorite. would... Yeah. What's yeah. worse, taking out Tharnow or taking out Titus? Oh, Titus. Yeah. If Tharnow's wow. just solo and you take him out, it won't hurt me so badly. But if you do it in front of Tara and then they have to have a <gasps> love confession, I will be off screen crying, <laughs> driving to your house, kicking it's gonna your door be down. Like, it's going to be like, what's her name's death in Starship Troopers, where she's just like, ha, ha, hey. Oh, my God. Impaled from behind and blood. It's okay, because I got to have you. Oh, God. Dag it. Take a point of hope. You get the reference so well. Hey. 
I, uh, I would hope so. It's one of my favorite movies. Stan, I'm trying to move into the great, summary. Great, Could you? Uh, thanks. Okay. So now, next <laughs> up. <laughs> All right. Uh, last time around, we had a battle, at a deal, and Una's homestead. Your your friendly Rudauer Hill folk that you met a couple years ago, and now you've uh, decided to hang out with. It was a very fast but bloody battle. Uh, you did manage to dispatch uh, the the swarms of these giant bats, but also those much larger bats, like humanoid sized bats, fairly quickly. Floyd, I think it was I think it was Floyd and Gilly who took some injuries, lost some endurance, etc. But there were thankfully no casualties and no major wounds as well. So no one really had to deal with that. Uh, but the incident did kind of spook Nadil and Una, who wanted you all to leave. They didn't want to draw any more attention to their homestead. They were worried about Braddock, who is this new cruel leader that has taken over uh, where Lottie fell. And you all reluctantly agreed. You started traveling, journeying northward continuing across those dark hills of Rudar. And about a week later, I think it was, Floy, and some of the dwarves, you discovered this fairly horrific sight, this entire valley that was dotted with dozens and dozens of ram carcasses. And each of those carcasses was brutally butchered and even gnawed upon in some places. Uh, days later, you did manage to make it to the foothills of Mount, uh, Mount Grom. Uh, and that's when you noticed that one of Lady Arisil's scouts, one of her ranger scouts, had gone missing. Uh, you did manage, everyone with the exception of Floyd, who I think hung back with the with the rest of the company, but some of you went out looking uh, for the for the scout, and you discovered him further up the slopes of the of the mountain, kind of upended, hung from this tall post that had been stabbed into the ground, and he was killed in very horrific fashion, kind of his his torso cut through. And while you're examining the remains, you all heard. Let's see, do I have it ready? see if I have, I don't have it ready. You all heard the sounds of these goblin and orc horns uh, that were calling from, uh, from the distance. And when you looked up, you noticed that coming out of all these different cave openings and crevices uh, within Mount Grom were all manner of goblins and orcs and other creatures. And they started chasing you down the foothills in the direction of your camp. So, we're going to pick up basically right there. And what we're going to do, uh, as there are literally hundreds of goblins and orcs that are starting to chase after you. And uh, we're going to play this out in, in full combat. Every one of these little goblins and orcs is going to have a singular token. And we're going to... No, we're not going to do anything like that. We're going to play it more like an endeavor or a task of some kind. Uh, and we're going to go from there. Let's get some music up to represent the danger that you guys are in if i can find some combat music there it is found it guys i found it okay that that war horn is is like the it scared the shit out of me when you played it last week <laughs> it's like the ice cream truck and it's like the bells <laughs> from mothership what about the whispers i really like the whispers whispers are good yeah those are good those are, one of my favorites. Those are good yeah okay so all of these, uh, so this, again, basically an army, this small army of goblins and orcs has descended. Now, obviously, you all are heroes. You could cut through a couple of these, but you can see that your, you, your group that has rescued the, the body uh, of this scout, uh, and even if you were to get back to the company itself, you guys are drastically outnumbered, like four or five, maybe six to one. Like, that's how, how crazy this is. So what we're going to do... Uh, is we're going to sort of abstract this a little bit and we're going to do something more of an endeavor. So uh, we're going to call this uh, difficulty nine skill endeavor. Get used to this. We're going to be doing this a lot. The limit, uh, we're going to say seven. Everyone's got to participate 
you got to kind of walk me through how you guys are escaping this. Those of you that are escaping, how you're organizing the company to either flee or fight or however you want to do it. Uh, you know, kind of embellish your descriptions, all sorts of things. If any of you roll an ISR and call it out because there's special thing, fun things that are going to happen. So really good skills to use for this endeavor are battle, obviously for tactics or abstracted combat, all if you're looking to intimidate your foes or in heart and if you're looking to inspire your allies. If you have other ideas in mind, go right ahead and do that, but they might suffer some sort of penalty. And that's how this is going to go. So we'll start. The group of you that went and got the scout carrying the body, you're racing down. You're not on horseback. You're on, you know, you're on, on the ground on your, you're, you're moving by feet. You're scrambling down this rocky mountain and you can see that the goblins and the orcs are coming down to you. Some of them are also on foot, but you also hear the sounds of various arrows being launched and you look up and you just see a patch of black in the sky as about a dozen of them fall just a few feet away from you. Not only that, but you, in, you also hear howls, not just war horns, but howls. And you see that there are some of these goblins, some of these orcs that are riding these massive massive white wolves and you even hear the growl the snarl of another distant creature uh, a little bit further up and again it is like it's daytime but the problem is is that there's no clear line of sight to the sun everything's overcast here it's just dark kind of grayish look so you're not having trouble with your vision but at the same time you don't necessarily have the sun on your side uh, but you also know that when you're looking up there's a few trolls and such that are in the midst so I'm going to turn it over to you all. Uh, how are you handling this? Tell me what you're doing. Walk me through it. How are we getting away? How are we fighting? Go. So Oriniel, uh is definitely going to move into um, kind of like battle tactics of kind of telling kind of which group to go in which particular direction. Social kind of, you know, kind of tactically, some of it's just going to be... Um, you know, who kind of started it in which location, but also like where should people with bows go? Where should people who can, you know, kind of fight melee go? And so she's definitely going to be kind of that directing, uh, you know, kind of that, that battlefield. I uh, can't be captain because that role is already taken, but you, but know, you are first ranger. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead and give us a battle roll and let's see how that works out for you. So as you're running back, Arineal is shouting at some of the other rangers, some of whom have bows. They step to the side and they fire a few volleys backwards just to try to slow some of the approach or maybe fire back at a few of the patches of goblin archers just to get them to scatter and delay. Your bows are much stronger. They are at higher elevation, so there's almost a wash, but they, your people are probably much more accurate with your shots. How did you do, Arineal? Uh, so I'm looking back a little bit, sorry, on my uh, Argolab's helm because it's been a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. first of my roll, and I still have to roll two additional D6s, uh, I have a Gandhi and an extra six. So Excellent. I am Excellent. going to roll again, and Melissa I got a lie. lolly. Okay. <laughs> so this is a uh, three. Gandhi three and two sixes. Yep. So extraordinary success. We see for a moment as... Arineal, like you hop up onto a rock, just kind of shouting. You're seeing Daggett and Gilly and some of the others that are rushing past you. You're pointing at one of Larry, you know, Lady Aracel's people who are going off to the side, firing bows up. You see Lady Aracel, who has been carrying the body of this scout. Uh, she stops for a moment, kind of looks at you. You think maybe she's thinking, is it, you know, is it her job to do it? But then she sees Arineal kind of taking command, taking control, and then she follows your orders and, and runs past. And for the, the slightest moment, this 
this little cut in the clouds, cloud cover above opens up just very, very little bit of sunlight wafts down and we see it track across the rocks a bit. And we see a renewal almost for a moment, just illuminated the little, the little symbol of the star glistens ever so briefly before the cloud cover swallows it back up again. Who is next? Uh, I'd like Terra to go next, but uh, can I use an NPC allies? Or yeah, no? you have a couple with you, so if you want to use, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. can I use the Rivendell elves? Sure. Um, and uh, so their distinctive features are fierce, two-hearted, and brash. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to use the battle stat as well. Um, and Similar to what Renil has done, but uh, I would say that it Terra always has considered herself a soldier first and a ranger second. And uh, for that reason, this actually kind of is really uh, allowing her to step into a space that she's quite comfortable in. And uh, she is bolstering um and providing more specifics to Arineal's uh direction and um there's almost squads and platoons that are being created between the secondary set of instructions that layer on top of Arineal's so we see the Rivendell elves we see Elro here we see Eladin the twins we see uh, a few others. They brought like a pair with them as well. One of whom you probably met, Curador, who's like a like a smith. They come, they they come with great alacrity from the camp as they had stayed a little bit further back with Floyd. But the sounds of the horns, they have kind of chased after you. And unsurprisingly, the elves have gotten here quicker than others. You see them throwing these curved blades in the direction as this orc leaps up behind one of the uh, one of these boulders and just catches it square in the chest and it cl- falls down. Elodin pulls and rears back on a Rivendell-made bow, fires quite higher and farther than you might have imagined. You see somewhere up there as this group of, of goblins is like whipping this cave troll that's trying to move further and further down. You see the arrow just reaches up and over, snaps one of the tethers, and the cave troll just kind of starts going wild and sweeping away through some of the uh, some of the horde that's coming down. Uh, Tara, give us our give us your battle roll. Let us know how you do. Uh, do I get one extra die for the allies or how does that yeah. work? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you get an extra D. This should be six, but the but the elves are no longer usable until everyone's gone. Okay, uh, that is a twenty-five total with a twelve on the feet guy. Okay, so another Gandhi. You guys roll Gandhis way more frequently than all of our other games. That's just their art And there's always a Gandhi. Uh, no. Do you, no. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. So that's going to, I think we're down to difficulty five, limit of five. So we're even, you've already caught up. Uh, but you see as, as a renial is like shouting, grouping, you know, send, sending out specific objectives here and there. Tara, you're like passing those orders along almost like submarine style and then being more specific about which group goes here and accomplishes this task and that task. And we just see as flanks of these, of these wolf riders start sweeping around and try and threatening to close in on those who are escaping with the body of the ranger. We just see this series of, of arrows being fired in rapid succession, Legolas style, as we see them just constantly, the riders get thrown off, the wolves slide across the, the rock or tumble down the slope out of control. And we move on. Who's next? 
I've got some. Okay. Um, Let's go, Captain. Daggett, um, I'd like to use awareness if I can, maybe scan if that works better. Uh, I would like to be looking for like openings in their lines that we could try to retreat through. Um, or like possibly the geography best way to use that to like at least bottleneck them as we're pulling back uh, just to limit their forces. Like you said, they're surrounding us. If we could go into a valley or something like that sure. where they, they get funneled towards us. I do uh, think just the, looking for this, an avenue to go. I think this is pretty much what the battle skill is, but you can use one of those others, but I will make it ill-favored. So if you want to use scan or awareness, you can. Let's just make it ill-favored because you're using them for not quite mm -hmm. the same thing. that The like, other elves happens. have key night as well. Like yeah, I said, the, distinct uh, features, the four-horned elves, elves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do awareness then. Uh, ill-favored. And uh, could I use the Oathbreaker Dwarves because they are strong, stealthy, rebellious? They've uh, they've Amazing. ambushed a lot in the past, uh, as we have learned. Uh, so they would know like avenues of retreat and things like that. I, Absolutely. I would okay. So yeah, Ways give it a else. roll. Yeah, give it a roll. All right. Let us know how you do. As we um, see your brother, yep. we see Rollin, we see many of the others from the Northern Blue Mountains with their tarnished, mismatched armor, nothing like the grandiosity that is Floy and the Gladrock. Gladrock halls come rushing into battle, uh, headlong, like bowling balls going through pins. They're just knocking orcs and goblins left and right. And if Dackett can't find an escape route, well, they're damn well going to make one. How'd you do, uh, Melissa, I also used an audience die. Um, I okay. rolled a success, but I did not get any extra successes. Hey, success is still I got progress. A Twenty over thirteen. And you see, as this this one group of these riders that are out riding, obviously the rest of the foot soldiers and things coming down the mountains swoops around, threatens to cut off your retreat back into the group. All of a sudden, your brother Snagit comes leaping out from behind this grouping of dwarves that were charging in and you just see him with his ax drawn and thrown back and buries it right into right into the neck of this leading very pale looking orc with these large green eyes and just hacks right through the neck you see the head just go tumbling down as if it was just a rock and an avalanche you see Rollin sweep down low and kind of take out the legs of the wolf and that sliding that sliding wolf almost takes down a few of these other riders, allowing the rest of the Oathbreakers to swarm and stab and swing and smash with rocks. And you can see picks like you're, these aren't the, the, the greatest weapons of all, but they are making great use. And those of you that are pulling back and pulling back and trying to regroup uh, with your, your full company now have something of a path. You're no longer being flanked. Uh, we are at four to go four limit four difficulty four and four. Who's next? Bottom row is done, so it's Floyer Gilly. Hey, Beef. Thor them. You think there's no one here? What? They've like gotten a head start on us. Yeah. And you're like, well, let's go hop in the pool, shall we? And they start running up, kind of chasing after the Oathbreakers. And Thebe is just like, light up. And then off she goes, kind of wanting as well. Uh, what are you rolling, Floyd? Start with a little awe. We're going to show them what happens when they mess with our warband. Okay. All right. Give it a roll. 
So as there's this swarm of Oathbreaker doors smashing all of these fallen riders, we see Thorvum and Thebe and other craftsmen dwarves that are coming up, all of which have hammers. They're all the, they have weapons, but their weapons are basically tools of the craft being repurposed for violence. And boy, do they enact violence as these giant blacksmithing hammers with sickening crunches flatten the heads of goblins still trying to climb out from underneath these wolves. We hear the white rules as they're trying to get up just screech in pain as their as their saliva is just thrown left and right as they're looking to bite at the at the legs of these dwarves that are running up the foothills. How'd you do, Floy? One success. And even still, even with that one success, you just hear as this this array of blood and fur and guts are on the ground in front of you. You look off and you see there was a second wave of these riders that are threatening to chase down and they have kind of screeched to a halt. You can see dust beginning to kick up as this this dozen or so riders thinks twice about the fact of what they're seeing. And you look out, Floy, standing atop this boulder, this mighty dwarf mithril glittering and glistening in the in the tiny bit of sun coming out. And you see them begin to retreat. You hear the war horns. One of them pulls out and starts shouting the horn back. And you can hear it being echoed further up as if there's there's some dissent now on whether to continue to push or whether to retreat. Uh, one success, right? Correct. All right. Three and three, Gilly, we come to you. What would you like to do? Um... I think Gilly would take a small band of, of archers with her and they would stealth off to sort of do a flank. And okay. they're going to attempt to target the people with the horns to disrupt their communication. Uh, okay, so wh- who do we have left? Uh, I think we've used both elves. Uh, I think we've used um, both, dwar- both dwarves. I don't, think, uh, about I don't think we used both elves. I suggested Forlorn uh, because I, I, I thought, thought someone used, uh, that it would help. So no, I used Rivendell. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So we'll say the yeah the Forlorn elves would be perfect for this. Yeah, Balavan okay, yeah, and some point. of his soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Gilly would call for Amdrim and Balavan and. Yeah. Okay. Uh, stealth. I'm going to make this. Uh, we're going to say this is ill favored. The battle is already joined. Trying to stealth off in the middle of a fight is a l- little bit harder than doing it prior to the to the initiation of that fight. So we'll say it's ill favored, okay. but I still think you can roll it. Still get the bonus die from using them as as you hear like Amdurim. It's like we're coming this Kittlegrass and Balavan doesn't respond, but he does kind of the classic. Ugh. And uh, he and he looks back and you can see. The group of elves that he brought, those that worked as wardens within Linden that you met when you were on the coast, when you were trying to help Floy, they are mm-hmm. following and they have, if you could describe it as such, anger in their eyes. Uh, they look to enact certain amounts of vengeance on those that are coming. Uh, how'd you do on the roll? I'm rolling now. Um, so I, my stealth is favored, so I'm rolling flat. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, and that's a great success. So two. Uh, I passed, and then I got and an got extra, the extra. Six. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're down to one difficulty, two time, and so as Gilly, uh, as you all at this point reunite, your company is essentially together once more, scattered a little bit across this this makeshift battlefield at the base of the mountain coming down, but you are all in relative control of one another in constant in constant contact. Gilly and Balavan and Amdrim and the other Forlorn wardens. You sneak out in a way you find a small cleft this this that you can kind of quickly climb up and from 
some level of height, you start firing down this rapid machine gun fire. And if you're not doing it, Gilly, it's definitely Balavan. And he all he has to do is just look at his people and they're just bringing up their bows in perfect parallel unison fire down reload fire down reload fire just one after the other you can see Amvarim getting in that as well and maybe you uh, start timing it and just every arrow is a hit every single one and not a single one of these goblins survives they get hit and fall hit and fall hit and fall you never see a stray arrow we come around to the start uh, anyone can roll at this point you've all gone once so there is one difficulty left uh, there are two chances at this, so two chances to get one. Uh, if you roll a sal run in your roll, that might change some things, but for right now, it's just one, one, one success is needed. Uh, how do you do the final push to get them to retreat and slaughter as much as you can before they do so? I have an idea, unless someone else wants to do something. You're the damn captain, Daggett. You do what you want to do. I would like... Uh, we. You were talking about how the Oathbreakers were basically breaking through a line to stop them from flanking us. Yes, I would like to lead my Oathbreakers somewhat stealthily around and flank them instead since I've broken through, come back, hopefully using stealth, if that's mm -hmm. okay, to try and like stay out of view. Uh, yeah. My Oathbreakers are stealthy and rebellious. so Yeah, I'm still going to make that one a little favorite and everything. Uh, yeah. I still I still think just because the heat of battle, just because they are coming down the mountain and have a, a, a slightly yeah. higher position on you. Uh, but yes, absolutely. And take the extra, extra die because we'll reset the NPCs. And anyone can use and anyone. I'd like to take an audience die too, if I can. Okay. And so as you, oh. as we're watching this horrific crunching, this this just utter demolishing of this, this outriding group, we see Daggett, we see his brother, the two of you meet in the midst of this carnage, and both of you kind of look, and you see this, this small path, and it's not even really a path. It's just it's just how the ge geology just happened to work out, and as if you knew, just like that, just like that trek where you encountered Snagit all those months ago, all those years ago, really. At this point, you start running up this little switchback path, double backing, and you can see above you. You can hear the thunderous hooves uh, of, of some of the rams that these are riding. You can hear the paws of the wolf riders. You can even see the crunching of the earth as a troll or two tries to uh, kind of break free from its masters. And we see with the dirt and the rocks kind of falling down, we follow it with our cameras and we just see like the dwarves of Daggett and Snagit and Rollit and the others getting rained on from above as they're sneaking up behind. How'd you do? Andy, great success. And so you, oh, yes. the two, the, the two of you brothers leading Rollin following rest coming as well, quickly creating this, this very industrious moment where like all of you just very quickly and efficiently just create this path upwards. There's no clear, there's no clear like ladder. There's no clear steps, but you create uh, this moment where you just like each of you giving the other a boost and a boost and a boost. And then you launch out where this cave troll is like, still trying to rebel against all these goblins like a like a uh, like a rabid elephant that's trying to break free from its circus masters you see these goblins and orcs sliding around some of them trying to flee back up the mountain others getting taken out by the arrows from gilly and the elves and then all of you just come swarming you see the cut of an axe slice across the achilles of this troll and it just screams out in pain and then a second one comes and it hobbles down 
as it falls to its knees, we see a group of doors. We see Daggett on one side, Snaggett on the other, just leap up, burying weapons into the shoulders behind. And right where the face is, Rollins steps up, this big, crude metal spear, and just jams it right up underneath the chin and into the small brain of this cave troll. At that, we hear this cacophony of horns panicking as I would say at least half, if not more, of this force begins to retreat. They start running back up the mount, uh, up Mount Grom. These them start to disappear into some of these craves, uh, the, the, these crooks and crannies, these caves. Others you can see are just running northward into Angmar, southward down into the Dark Hills. Your arrows are flying and picking off stragglers left and right, but you have done a significant blow. And once the dust settles and you start counting things up, you look around and there's only one casualty, and it's the casualty that Ara, uh, that Lady Arisol was carrying back. None of you fell in this in this this ambush, this this group of mountains, but it does raise an interesting point. You are not here. You are not here in a manner that is as stealthy as perhaps you would have liked. They are aware of your presence, whether it's the goblins themselves, whether it's whatever force leads Angmar, whether it's the, the hill folk led by Braddock, this felt too perfect. This felt too timely. And if you had hoped of trying to sneak through Angmar with this kind of force without being seen, that hope seems to have died. But fortunately, no one else has. After maybe about 45 minutes of cleanup, going through the battlefield, mercy killing whatever's left, you all can take a breather and look around and realize that the battle is won. Reniel would go over to Lady Aerosol. You can see her. She's uh, got her sword out at this point, covered in blood. She's cleaning it off here and there. She got into the fight at some point. The rangers were making sure to defend various, uh, you know, some of your, your pack animals, your possessions. It looked like there was a small contingent of sneaky goblins that had popped up from these little caves and we're trying to take out some of your supplies but fortunately there were people that were back here ready to defend them so she sees you renew well done battle well fought indeed this was Me. just the first of what i would imagine would be be many in the, I, the weeks and months to come yes i i agree our our kind of looking around our our luck has already not held, uh, but that was fine work from everyone to not accrue an additional casualty. Uh, but I, I did not want that to overtake your loss. Uh, I don't believe I asked what is the, the name of our fallen companion. She looks down and you can see that they've kind of wrapped him up. This is Falindim. He was a... He was a wonderful musician, I must say. A voice that, well, rivaled an elves. But he... His, his loss shall be felt. His eyes are keen. And he was one of our more accomplished scouts. How they managed to get him unawares. It bothers me. 
but I imagine he will not be the only loss we suffer. Steal yourself, Arineal. Do not forget that we enter into war, and there will be casualties. The battles will not all be like what we just saw right here. Imagine we come here with three score. We will leave with far less. And she also kind of like thinks about it for a second. And it's not luck that will see us through. It's courage, hope, and duty. Your dwarf friend of yours likes to style himself a captain as if he is in charge of them. But it was you who renew. You and Terra managed to ensure the retreat and we could get back here to safety. And she kind of steps closer, puts kind of a hand on your shoulder and kind of up to your cheek a little bit. And it's, and it's, it's surprisingly tender for a moment. Your mother will be proud. I thank you for those kind words. I, I must admit, I, this is probably not good, but I try not to think of her often, especially in moments like this. I need focus to complete the task at hand. And I, again, I, I thank you for, for the, the, the kind words. I, I do hope that perhaps one day uh, my brother might take up the mantle and do what needs to be done. Uh, but out here, there's so much, so much death. And we all need to do what we need to do, regardless of whether it means leaving others behind. I am, she, looks, she looks north. It is a dead realm, Arineal. There are creatures here, but they are not outnumbered by us. It is the dead that populate this place more than any other. The rest of us are mere tourists. The whisper at you from the shadows, the reach at you from the ice, they'll come at you when you can't see them, the dead echo in this place. Now, we have a task at hand. We are barely here. We are mere footsteps into this realm. We have other things to tend to, do we not? Yes, yes, I just wanted to make sure that all of those that fall, their names are respected they on our tongues. They will be sung. They will be written. We will tell their tale and their story and their glories when we return. Think not for the dead. Think for the living. And Arineal will sort of touch her arm a little bit and then go back to the rest of the fellowship. Okay. Is anyone else doing anything in particular post-battle? Just regroup and get everyone else to move along. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, before, before that, Tara's going to go over to the phone ranger and just uh, sort of quietly take a moment 
and uh, well, mutter some words to herself. Um, no intention to let anyone else hear. Um, you are one more death that didn't need to happen. I will make sure to add you to the list of those I must avenge. And then she goops. Okay. No one interrupts you. Gilly or Daggett, anything in particular? Daggett's first reaction after seeing the battle as one, hearing the cheers of his fellow dwarves, would be immediately to start going through the different war bands looking for casualties. And then seeing that we didn't have any other than the one we lost earlier, he would just kind of collapse onto a nearby stone or log, just exhausted, still catching his breath because, you know, he, his cardio is not as good as it used to be, but he just could not rest until he knew what the casualties were. Mm-hmm. As you're sitting there, Daggett, exhausted, uh, wind kicks up very cold. Now, remember, it's springtime. You guys have been traveling through the through a very rainy period in Rudauer. Like, it's much warmer than the last time you traveled through, but the rain has been, you know, constant. And you are effectively just west of Mount Grom, right on the border of Angmar. You're right. You can see the dead realm starting to unfurl in front of you. And as you're sitting there, the wind kicks in, and we can hear, like, the whistling come and go. Maybe you take your helmet off for a second, wipe your brow, and you hear as you rest block fong on your knee. It's as if the wind itself is whispering in your ear, and it feels like someone is talking to you, like, like someone is speaking right into your ear. Does it... Is it intelligible? It's uh, a language you're not sure you know, but you probably think it is a language. It does sound like a voice speaking to you. I think Daggett would be caught off guard by it, especially with the exhaustion, the adrenaline fading away, and he would hear that and he would just... What? Who said that? What was... Just looking around for... Your brother, Snagit, is just a few feet away. He and some of the Oathbreaker dwarves are kind of cleaning up, taking whatever they can, taking supplies from some of these orcs. Now, usually don't want to use orcish weapons, but much like some other denizens of Angmar that you fought before, they are much better equipped than your average orc or goblin. You're seeing the weapons are not crude. They're actually well-made. And the dwarves, like your your brother and friends, like they're they're kind of marveling at the fact like, this is better than ours. And then when you kind of shout up, like, what was that, brother? Uh, what'd you say? I didn't hear you. I said that these, these orcs have better axes than we have. Look at this. No, I, I heard that. What, what was the, the mum? Are you all right? Do we need to call Miss Kettlegrass? One of the owls. Did you take a bow? No, I'm, I'm fine. Let Forget me look it. at you. He comes. Uh, it's fine. He comes it's over. fine. No, I get up and I just start you. walking away. And you hear 
behind you as you walk away, Snagit saying to his brother, he gets that from our father, you know. I would stop a second there. My grip on the axe would tighten. And then I would keep walking. <laughs> okay. Begrudgingly. Gilly, was there anything that you wanted to do in the aftermath? Um, Gilly's victory enjoyment is probably a lot more muted than the rest of the fellowship. Um, she will go around with Balavan and the elves and retrieve their arrows from the bodies. Um, and it, it's very somber. There's no talking or anything. And then they return to the group. Roll a scan, actually. Okay. Yeah, as you're retrieving arrows from those that you killed, those that you can. Some are are not intact anymore, but whatever you can get, yeah. you're certainly trying to salvage. Absolutely. Yeah. And the elves are doing the same. You can also see that Balavan and some of the some of the Forlorn elves are like looking at you like with with a newfound sort of respect in their eyes. Like you fire the bow well, Miss Gethelgrass. You have the eyes of an elf. Perhaps the fingers thank, as well. Thank, thank you. I have spent a lot of time training uh, with the healer. And mm. she'll rattle off his name. Uh, I practice a lot of stitching. I see. And, you know, Sorendir uh, was not, and this is Balavento, Sorendir was not the finest of archers, but he was quite capable with the spear. wonder if you ever trained with him. Before his departure. With bows, not often, but we did frequently pair up. Uh, and then that's when Gilly will go in about a, a different time where we encountered goblins and how okay. we had the cool combo kill where mm -hmm. uh, I had tripped them and then he had got them on his spear and everything. And, uh, and then after the story, she gets pretty sad and quiet again. Sure. Balavan doesn't really kind of follow up. He just kind of nods and listens respectfully. Mm -hmm. He doesn't treat you in the manner that you've seen him treat some of the others in the party, but he listens to you respectfully. Gilly, as you're looking through, kind of sort of non, you know, like kind of offhandedly telling him the story, but also kind of going through the things at the same time, you notice that much like I, I just mentioned the dagger, the gear... Like mm -hmm. this is not tattered leathers. Like there are, there are orcs that are wearing mail. There are, like even some of the goblins themselves have like little chain, like this like kind of chain plate that kind of sits over top of, of their leather. Their weapons are very sharp, and you know you you, you kind of pick up bowheads and you're looking at them. And normally like there's these sort of very crude blackened poison covered darts, mm -hmm. but here. I mean, the broadheads, like they're not unlike your own. Uh, they look, I mean, they're a little darker and you imagine they probably are poison tip, but the quality of them is quite nice. And how'd you do with your roll scan? Did I ask you to roll scan? Yeah, I'm sorry. Great success. Uh, and you do notice that a few of them, much some of the larger orcs that you think were riding possibly the wolves, these, these, mm -hmm. these dead white wolves, you're thinking maybe like a captain or a lieutenant or at the very least like a leader of a, of a squadron or something like that or squad. You can tell that they have like right along the collar, not unlike Floyd, they have a little like maker's mark 
that looks very familiar. It's it's different, like, but you can tell much like someone might over time make imitate that which came before. Okay, yeah. It, it has that kind of feeling to it. It's not exact, but boy, does that look very, very similar to what you've seen on Floyd's Mithril and on Daggett's Blockform. Okay, and Gilly did do uh, studies of that dwarven crafter who... Yeah. You heard a name, so, too. Do you remember it? Uh, I have to find it in my notes, but I do remember writing it down. Um, yeah, you heard a name, Gulfan. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Very similar. And if you recall, like, there were... It was a very, it was a, a sort of an interesting read because like you've heard, uh, you've heard about this horse, but a lot of the, the, the stories that you were getting, they weren't properly dated or allocated. Mm-hmm. Like they were told, they were recorded, but in terms of when some of these things were happening is very unclear. So you're not sure if it was the same person or if it was a different person, if it was a family name or if it was like Floyd with Gladrock. It was kind of very, very hard to sort of distinguish, but that name kept coming up. Uh, and one of the things you did remember that you did un- uncover in the library of Tharbad uh, was that he was obsessed with dragons and mm-hmm. had kind of infused in Block Fong like the bones and the ash of dragons, that, like these whelps that he had, uh, had he had gone and slaughtered on the Withered Heath uh, far to the east of the Iron Mountain. And that had kind of brought the ire of the dragons on some Iron Mountain dwarves who the hell knows how long ago. Yeah. But you're seeing, again, a very similar image, very similar maker's mark, the kind of thing that maybe a father and a son or a mother and a daughter or whatever it might be, like one generation to the other, they make their adjustment, they make their tweak, Mm -hmm. similar to the way in which the kingdoms of Andor and the kingdom of the successor kingdom of Arthedane, similar in that on that star and Cardolan with Tar, uh, with Taraneth as well over the hill, you can see that same symbol repeating of the star over and over again, but never quite exactly the same. And you said his name was Golfang. Golfang, G U L F A N. Okay, um, Gilly, while looking at one in particular, she'll look at Balavan and ask him um, directly, "What do you know of Golfang?" I'm so sorry. Before you answer that question, Jeff, um, just from my nose, you said it was the same symbol as before. Mm-hmm. A star? Uh, no, that was, notes... just, that, that was my example. Like, of, like how... Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I misunderstood because my, my notes say like a white handprint. Yes, yes, that, um, that's that's correct. Like that's that was okay. the that was the print on on like the orcs and stuff that you found south of south of Farback. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was I was more like the iconography of like Andor and Arthedain and Cardolan that we've seen has that star repeating like it shows right. up in these different kingdoms right. just in a slightly different way and that's kind I of what you're seeing. Misunderstood. I'm so sorry. Balavan <laughs> um, looks at you. I'm sorry, Miss Kettlegrass. That is not knowledge that I have. And she starts to sort of think out loud. Uh, and she'll say, this crafter's mark is very similar to his original crafter's mark, but it's different. So that tells me that we have someone who is actively providing armor and improved weapons to these. And there's the Weathered Keep. I, I, I'd have to reference my notes. Weathered Heath? 
Wither Heath is nowhere close to here. That's way east. So like it's what is it that I have in my notes about Mount Gundabad? Because I said it uh, believes Mount, to be forged in the fires of the Grey Mountains. Well, Mount Gundabad, uh, you can see on the map, Mount Gundabad yeah. is to the east, like just straight east of where you guys currently are. Uh, and you know that Mount Gundabad and the history of Mount Gundabad is basically it was dwarvish controlled, but then it was orcish controlled. And it's sort of been like orcish controlled for a very significant period of time at this point. Uh, off to the east, not on the area door map, uh, is like sort of the, the Iron Mountains eventually would appear far to the east from here. Yeah. Uh, and like w- essentially in the history of it, eventually those some of those halls were kind of abandoned and uh, and then like the Lonely Mountain itself was sort of like taken up and that's what like the Hobbit's about and everything. We're taking that. But, oh, gotcha. Uh, but this stuff is just, it's like ancient history. Uh, Got so, it. Yeah. And it's nowhere near Forlond either, so. Yeah, I got makes sense. So she's just thinking they're so much older than she is. Maybe they have heard something, but she's uh, going to Sure, but Balavan's not that old. Balavan, like Sorendir, is actually a third age elf. So he's not like relative to elf. Like he's not like, uh, like Ortolos or Galadriel yeah. or, or Elrond who has lived across multiple ages. So like he's a, he's a third age elf. Gotcha. But, um. Gilly also remembers that Rotag was attempting to get to Mount Gundabad. Um, and that was a place that we had cut them off and prevent them from going. Mm-hmm. So sh- she's, I, I have to speak to Arineal. I wonder if they did wind up setting up operations there. Well, Mount Gundabad has long been under Orcish control. So one of the Watch regions out. that Rotag was heading there, you all surmised long ago was that he was, mm-hmm. he was literally just trying to amass a big ass army yeah and he knew that there were orcs in gundabad and he was a badass oleg high and he had taken all these orcs from the southlands from dunland and everything Mm -hmm. orcs from angmar and he's like i'm gonna take these orcs from gundabad as well and you remember how he he swept through mount grom and when you all went through mount grom like half of mount grom went went with him so kind of that kind of deal he was just just sort of amassing yeah okay Okay, so uh, so after a moment of, of respite, uh, you all are, are basically on the southern border. You're still, I would say, like there's there's like a, a couple, like a, a mile south is the Dark Hills of Rudauer. There's no lines, you know, lines on a map, not necessarily in real life, but you're effectively on the border between Rudauer and Angmar. Now, you are very close to Mount Grom. What you know of Mount Grom is that there is a significant portion uh, like there is a there is a a lot of of danger in there, and while you all were able to kind of whip you know repel them here, lingering could be trouble. Especially since from your time with Marimbim, you know that there are trolls that linger about as well, and those are a little bit sturdier and uh, than some of these goblins are. In terms of the journey phase, you guys are not technically all the way into where you had mapped. We don't necessarily have to be that precise with it. So if you wanted to do one more travel roll to try to get push further into like a more centralized position, or if we want to just end the journey phase here and say that you like your travel from Mount Grom is maybe a day away as opposed to like an extra couple of days, I'm fine with that too. So it's just kind of up to, it's up to you guys how further into Angmar you want to go with the journey phase. Would we feel like we would be safer? Like, with mountains closer by or would we be 
in more danger because that's where a lot of the orcs are. You would be in more danger the closer you are to Mount Grom specifically. Then I would say we keep pushing towards a central location. What do you guys think? Yeah, and I would say, like, we literally just got attacked here. It seems like we should probably move from here. So I would also vote to continue on. Yeah. Especially with the amount of bodies here now, that's going to attract a lot of attention. Yeah. I mean, no. As captain, I would say all that in different words as if it's my own idea. Uh, Daggett, were you doing our travel rolls? Go ahead and give us another one. Yeah, yeah. And as long as you don't colossally fail, you'll probably be fine. Okay, well, when you oh. say that, I'm going to take an audience die. Dear. Okay. <laughs> okay, got it. Just don't fail too bad. Let me do some math I, here. Um, oh, boy. Okay, uh-oh. so I did succeed with two successes. However, but. I also rolled a Sauron. Okay, good to know. Thank you very much. Five, five, six, six, one, eleven. You guys push further uh, away from Mount Grom, the battle, and the, the the time afterward, surveying, patching up wounds, basic wounds. Nothing. No one really suffered anything severe. Making sure your animals are are gathered back up and not spooked, and then pushing northward. Now it's not long. We'll say a day before you really start to feel that you have kind of crossed crossed into a place of, of, of difference. The sky just seems to be a little darker. The ground just feels a little firmer. The wind kind of cuts through your clothes and your cloaks in a manner that didn't quite happen as you were traveling across Root Hour. There's a gloom to the place. There's a mist that kind of hovers periodically from one hill to the next, descending into a valley is always a little disconcerting. Your your ponies and your horses, you can hear them whinnying, giving them attention, you're caring for them, but they are quite spooked. You lose all sight of the sun. It never comes out, not even a glimpse of it at all. You, the, only, the only evidence you have is that the clouds overhead are just a slightly lighter shade of gray during the day and a darker shade at night. Rain falls, this cold sleet that kind of hits you here and there, and you all feel the pressure of it. At night, as you're traveling, as you're camping and rotating, Daggett and others, you hear people remark of whispers on the wind. People remarking of something trying to lure them into the shadows. Others starting to question exactly what might might await them. And it is a it is a difficult a difficult route, uh, but eventually you do actually push further inward, and as if. Just kind of like this moment of of fortune. You kind of come across this uh, this burn. You see this stream cutting through these gentle hills that are covered with trees. The trees have no vegetation whatsoever on them. They are just this dark, gray, brittle, wiry tree. But they are uh, they are there to actually provide some level of. Uh, uh, and they can kind of obscure your travel 
for at least a few hours. You find a series of caves, some of the dwarves, the Oathbreaker dwarves, the dwarves from the Dunland, and and they go in there. They find some small critters and things. They come out with what actually looks like some supplies here and there. And it's then that Lady Arisal will kind of approach you, Daggett, and you, Arineal, and you, Terra, essentially the whole party. And this place, uh, you will not find perhaps a better place. There's no safety in Angmar, but, but we can put our, our keen-eyed elves in the trees. Our dwarves can ensure our routes to the caves are, are not overtaken. And this burn allows us the freshest of water that we will probably be able to find in Angmar. If any, that there was a place for us to stage what we do here in this realm. Here is the place. If, of course, you all agree, I do not mean to presume a role that is not mine. There's wisdom in that. I agree the keeping ourselves somewhat sheltered somewhat lack of thirst will certainly help we must plan quickly so what we'll do is we'll end the journey phase uh so let's go ahead and i'm going to do that process and then we can kind of begin the next thing so it's the end of the journey phase uh so what we're gonna do uh, if you have a mount, subtract your mount's vigor from your current fatigue. Then roll a travel test. Reduce your fatigue by one. Plus one point uh, for a success, I should say. So you roll a travel test. If you, if you succeed, reduce your fatigue by one plus an extra one for each bonus icon you roll on your D6s. So if you've forgotten, I will share you in uh, Foundry the summary so we're ending the journey i was able to reduce three fatigue two by my mount and a success nice. travel very nice very nice very nice and we see that the everyone here that you've brought is pretty accomplished there's not a whole lot of folks within your company of 50 plus nearly 60 folk that is um that is without experience uh, obviously most of them have no experience in this place, but there's others that do have experience, uh, in fighting combat with orcs, some with undead. Uh, and so although you, you hear conversations periodically of concern, uh, and people marveling at the darkness, the shadow, the oppression that just seems to be wafting through the air of this place, no one seems to break heart. It's more just observation. And everyone does seem to tend to their jobs. So those that were keeping an eye on the animals and keeping an eye on supplies are unloading them, finding safe places for them. Others are collecting water from this burn, from this small stream. They're giving it to fire first to try to make sure it's clean. They're ensuring that there's nothing feeding into that stream from up, upstream that might be harming it or dirtying it in any particular way. Elves are climbing up some of those tar, tall, gnarled trees and finding you know, perches to, to look as far as they can. 
there isn't a ton of ways to get a very lengthy view of what's coming because there's just so much fog and mist and rain that kind of cycles through, but they're the best to kind of to, to, to do this. And so over the course of, we'll say an afternoon campus set, uh, it's as stel- as stealthy as it can be. A lot of folks are either kind of on the on the sort of the the slope side of a hill, or they're in the caves themselves, and you do what you can. So at this point, um, what you guys can do if you want, I'll give you a rest. I know some of you are very concerned uh, with endurance, so we can say you can go ahead and have your rest. What are you shaking your head for, Stephen? You don't want? Okay, I'm sorry, Stephen said no. <laughs> <laughs> He is the captain. <laughs> it's that tyranny taking over. I would very much love a rest. I figured you would, Floy. Uh, go ahead and take your rest. And we'll say when the morrow comes, when the next day comes, morning, there is no sun over the misty mountains to the east. There's just lighter gray in the sky. Food is being portioned out in a way that isn't overflowing people are being concerned with it the dwarves have managed to find some mole-like creature within uh, the caves that people are feasting on that tastes somewhat like rabbit but not nearly as uh, as pulpy and juicy as it could be um but eventually we see a meeting of the minds we see a group of folks coming together and so we can get into this so let's talk about how this is going to work there are a variety of places that you could potentially go within Angmar. And I know that the five of you and the Forlorn Elves have very specific goals with Othringul. But that is not the only dangerous place, and that is not the only dangerous group that you have to concern yourselves with. You have heard already about Braddock and about the, the hill folk that have uh, taken control of a castle, uh, Mol Emin Taras, uh, which is off to, the, to sort of the west or southwest of where you guys are. Uh, you know that there is Mount Grom and whatever leadership might be there. You know, and you've heard rumors for a very long time of Karndum, uh, and how that is like the ancient capital of Angmar and how the, there, there have been lights seen for years, activity. You've heard stories from, from other folk about there being rebuilding happening. At a certain point, Amdurim joins this group and he tells you some stories that he heard from Lady Ortolos and about the time in which they were here. If you recall, like the elves of Forlorn actually came here. Many of those are the ones that are suffering or they have gone to the West, but even those that didn't come have heard stories. And you're told of a, of a, of a story of not just Karndum, but one of the dangers of traveling to Karndum was that there was um, there was a tower in route that much like the elves are struggling now for vision and for, for scouting. There was a tower called Kelekdor that kind of was sort of like a, a first vision for Karn Doom. And you could alert from a distance the, uh, any of the, the fences that might've been there. And, uh, Amdurim kind of gives you as much information as they can about that place. Uh, and I will go ahead and reveal it for you on the map as well. Um, and so like you kind of know of these places and there might even be more. Everyone is here not necessarily to recover Sorendir. 
Like everyone is here because you have warned them that Ingmar is growing. Ingmar is a threat. Ingmar could potentially be stopped or slowed in its growth right now. So we're going to turn it to you all and you're going to kind of figure out what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. So we have a little system. We're going to do like RTS time. And you all have a group of allies that you can send on various tasks and missions. I'm not going to give you necessarily keywords for what you do, but things like scouting, assassination, sabotage, infiltration, overthrow, any types of things, whatever you can think of that you want them for, you can potentially send these groups out. And you can send them out, uh, not just one group to one thing, but multiple groups, right? And so you can send them out to try to do things. Uh, so you know that the, that the hill folk are in that castle. You know that Kelikdor might light the way to Karndum. You know that Othrangol perhaps was still doing some strange experiments on creatures, splicing them together. Sorendir was there, the faces, etc. And you know that Mount Gram is once again filled with a not insignificant number of goblins and such. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly what's going to happen in terms of you dealing with these things or not dealing with these things. But the basic gist is if you deal with them, that's going to be good for you. If you don't deal with them, that's going to potentially be bad for you. And so you guys get to kind of decide, like, who do you send? What do you have them do? That sort of thing. Um, I've shared with you all the our, our NPC allies rules that I kind of concocted use, riffing off what's already in the book. Uh, but basically, what you send them off to do, they will roll based upon how their distinctive features align with whatever you're asking them to do. So if you're looking to do a stealthy task, if you want them to stealth and do something and they're terrible at stealthing, well, it's going to be hard for them to complete that. Uh, some tasks might be simple, like delivering a message to somebody else that might have set up a post to observe Kellogg door or something like that. Or some of them might be extraordinarily arduous, which is infiltrate Mount Grom itself and see who's actually in control of it or assassinate the leader of the goblins or whatever it might be. Uh, so this is kind of for you guys to, to, to play with. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to you all and you could talk in character, or out of character. I don't really care. Uh, just sort of walk through what are you, what are you looking to accomplish? Who are you looking to send to do what? And you can even bring some people with you, but what I would like to avoid, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want to do a dungeon crawl with 55, uh, NPCs. Like I just, that's just, that doesn't seem exciting. So let's not have 60 people busting into author and goal and be like, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. So sure, sure. I'll turn it over to you guys. How do you want to handle this? What do you guys want to do? What are you thinking? What are you saying? Right off the bat. Just the Forlorn Elves should be coming with us to Arthangold. I think that makes it makes sense. sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely agree. I think Balavan would and, and Amdurim would almost be like expectedly. You, yeah, yeah, they if you try yeah. to tell them to do anything <laughs> else, they might have been doing whatever they wanted at that point. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I was thinking the same thing that like you know I kind of want to think about what they what their distinctive features match with, but also what are they already going to be motivated to do because I think they each came here for their own reason. And so absolutely um Balavan and Enderin and the rest of the Forlorn Elves should be coming with us to uh Othrangul. Um I think that we should send some of the dwarves to do an assassination of the new Hillfolk leader since they did have the conflict of of being hunted by some of them previously. Can we uh, send the Tharbad 
people to assist with that? Um, or only one I think group we could. of NPCs? I, I'm looking at the features here, and I do think Oathbreakers would be best for like an assassination with Strong and Stealthy. Tharbad Eager would help. Tall? Are Hillfolk yeah. people tall? Do tall need tall to fight? Is, is that like rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> See, I was considering it more of like a full frontal assault, and that's why I was thinking that our bed folks might be, might be good for that. Oh, do we want to do Because I was thinking assassination. Like oh, someone... like a quiet, stealthy thing. Yeah. Then never mind. We could instead of sending the Tharbad there, we can send Tharbad with the Dunlin Dwarves to Mount Grom, where there's a lot of horde activity. Have them fight there instead. That's a great idea. Could also make and the case that dwarves to... in a mountain might actually. I mean, I might even consider giving a bonus for that because it makes sense. Yeah. Who, who better to to navigate caves than dwarves? Having two of them go would be good because they can support each other, and then it'll also clear the way back because Mount Grom's going to be the most difficult to pass by. When we leave, I think. Good call. Then, uh, Stephen, back to your point about the Oathbreaker dwarves to to assist because the stealthy on the assassination. My thought uh, is that they'd be good for assassinating. Would we want to send them to the hill folk? I feel like the hill folk would be more difficult to deal with than like goblins or something like that. It's the more dangerous task, at least from like how I've. Heard the it. other thing you guys can yeah. do is you could just send scouting. You can send them the scout and gain more information, and that might make it so that you have a better idea of what you're, you're sending them in. Oh, like that's you, a good idea. You know what I mean? So, like, you don't fully understand the layout of what's going on with Angmar right now. So, like, you always have the ability to just send them the scout and collect information, and they'll come back. And because I'm expecting this Angmar stuff to last like game terms weeks, right? Like, it's a it's a camp. Yeah. It's like a its own campaign. So, like, you don't necessarily have to think of them just jumping right to it. So. Uh, so okay. you always have the ability just to do scout, gather information, come back, and then you can make make bigger determinations. That might be a the best uh, approach then to see what it is that we're up against, rather than kind of assume what it is we're up against. Yeah, uh, looking at these keywords, you guys can tell me if you agree or not. I'm feeling like having rangers and oathbreakers do some scouting of the area, trying to secure the nearby vicinity. Maybe Oathbreakers go further out to try and uh, learn more about the the factions nearby. And then the Rangers scout our immediate vicinity, make sure that we know the lay of the land, ways to retreat, things like that. Yeah. yeah. And then Forlond Elves coming with us. Rivendell Elves, I would say, fierce, true-hearted Brash. Uh, we probably don't want Brash going out immediately right now. But it would make sense for them to like hold the fort. They're fierce and true-hearted. They'll stay faithful. They'll make sure that the immediate vicinity is fine, like the camp for everyone to return to. If anyone gets in trouble, they're true-hearted. They'll go and help. So like they could be our reserves, so to speak. Yeah, so we yeah. could tell everyone that goes out if they uh, get in trouble, send a messenger, and then the Rivendell elves will come to you know assist. Something like that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, Dunlin dwarves and Tharbat. I. I agree with Floyd having two of them go to Mount Graham, which, you know, sounds like one of the more dangerous places. Uh, having two groups go together and they would work well together. They already know each other. Yeah, yeah. Faithful, and the, bold, uh, tough, eager, tall, vigilant. That all seems like good for that. 
the dwarven bonus, potential bonus, would be good. I mean, Tharbad, you know, he even explored those tunnels underneath with the orcs that were plaguing uh, his homeland. So, like, he's got some experience going underground, too. Not as much yeah, as orcs, yeah. but... And I, I think he probably, like, he spent a lot of time figuring out, like, um, that the orcs plaguing them were actually more tactical. Right. So I think he goes in with some amount of knowledge about these kind of new flavored dwarves. Oh, orcs, pardon me. Okay, so just to clarify, so we're going to have Tharbat and the Dunlins... Uh, work on Mount Grom. What are we going to have them do exactly? Like, what action? I think first and foremost, determine the strength of Mount Grom. And then after they do that, if they can find ways to weaken them, not necessarily assassinate, but hinder. Sabotage. Yeah, sabotage. Like, if they can, like, uh, close, you know, entrances down and trap them under the mountain. They might starve, etc. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Dunlin dwarves, they're sort of engineers as well. So, like, even if yeah. they, like, you know, bring down a few avalanches and choice places along paths, you know, that close them down. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, we mentioned uh, having the Oathbreakers go out scouting. Are we thinking, like, the Kelector? Um Tower or thinking the rangers go there because we have, yeah. I was thinking maybe the uh, Mormon Mormon Taras for the uh, scouting. That's what I was thinking. So I think that would be for the Oathbreakers to go to Taras, yes, and then rangers go to Kelector, like Floyd said, right? And both of them will just be fact gathering. If they, you know, can cause some trouble, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But the point now is to stay cautious and not not lose people yet. I'd say that and for th- all of them, to be honest. I think that's all of them. One, two, three, four, five, six. I think we've yeah, been coming for everyone. Rangers, yeah. Forlond Elves, Rivendell Elves, Dunland Dwarves, Oathbreaker Dwarves uh, from the Blue Mountains, and Tharbad Wards. So let's go through this again. Uh, I have the Rangers are going to kill like Dor. And you said you wanted them to just gather information? Yeah, so I'll tell I you this. The, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Long, sorry. I'll just say that's the less information we've had there. Right. Uh, all you know is it exists right now. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is what I'll say. If you're doing a, if you just want them to scout, if that's all you're asking them to do, that's going to be a, that's going to be a challenging. So DN, TN15, that's it. If you want them to actually perform anything else, like sabotage or whatever, that's going to be a TN18. So that's going to be like one of those arduous tasks. So do you just want them to scout and gain info? Yeah, yeah just, just using cautious. their cautious, distinctive feature. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Rivendell elves. We're, we're, so where were you sending the twins and their friends? When I say Rivendell elves, I don't necessarily mean that these are Elrond's people. These are Elrohir and Eladin. That's why they're brash, because yeah. they are. And then some of their friends, like, you would actually didn't get full support from Elrond and Rivendell. You just got a couple from, from Elrohir right. and Eladin. So I heard the same thing, Zoro, and I had to do, like, like wait, did I make a, like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
Uh, where were we sending Rivendell? Rivendell, we were talking about holding the fort uh, with the base, and if anyone has trouble, they would be the the reserves to go okay. help because okay. that's true hearted and brash and yeah. fierce. Yeah. I feel okay. like that fits so, all three. They're just defending, keeping an eye on things. Uh, so that's just a team. Yeah, like maybe scouting the immediate vicinity. Yeah. Okay. More defensive than anything offensive. Okay. So I'm going to call that something. That's going to be simple. That's going to be a TN12. Uh, that's going to be the, as easy as it gets for some something in Ingmar. Tharbad and company. So uh, so Tharnow and and uh, and Titus and the rest so of the Wardens. Going Tharbad with and the Dunlin Dwarves to Mount yeah. Grom. Okay, so Mount Grom. And that and was going to be a scouting followed by sabotage. sabotage. Okay. Yeah, so uh, since we're sending two groups, you know, be, one could do more scouting, one could do more sabotage, I suppose. We can keep them separate or we can keep them... Ideally, I, like just to simplify this, I'm just going to say let's make them one group of one yeah. role. Yeah. Let's not yeah, go that's too crazy with yeah. it. And if you're looking to have them actively interfere with what's going on there it's going to be it's going to be a tn18 but you are getting bonus dice from both groups yeah sounds so. good just make them sabo they're vigilant okay. and stealthy and rebellious so it's right. a good combo uh, those are oath breakers that are rebellious we're sending the dunlin dwarves that are bold and tough that's right all right bold. and then speaking of the Earthbreaker dwarves where did you want to send them to the hill folk again on fact gathering Okay, so hill folk. Uh, okay, got it. So Malamin Telas. Yes. The dark castle, basically, is what that says. Um, uh, so if it's just scouting, TN15, that's it. So scout. Okay. And then I heard that the rangers were going to go scout out Kelakdur, the tower. Uh, also is going to be uh, a TN15. Okay, so the only, so it looks like, so I, I think I've got it figured out. Um, now, the question I have for you guys, and it's sort of up to you. You guys can play at this however you want. Like, do you want to go to Othringol while they're doing their thing and then come back and then figure it out? Do you want to send them out and then and and then wait to see how they do? Or is this a, like, they're going to do their thing, you're going to go do your thing, and then we'll reconvene in a couple days and see how everyone did kind of deal? Yeah, like the joint uh, effort everyone at thinking. once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think we might give them sort of a couple steps of like, you're going to do one thing right now, but if we die, <laughs> then like, here's the thing you'll do Okay. after that. All right. But so I get then, yeah. a bit of clarification on their bonus dice. Okay, um, so... So like, bring it. For instance, uh, you said the dwarves will get an extra bonus die in Grom. So that would be like two bonus die and a D12, right? Yeah, I am more than I am more than open to hearing arguments for why certain groups might get benefits to certain tasks. So like dwarves going and doing something in caves, that just sort of makes sense. So I'm perfectly fine with giving them a bonus die on top of their like whatever they're getting from their features. So if you guys want to make the case for stuff, just let me know. So like so I am fine with with so if we're doing like the Mount Graham stuff, for instance, you're getting a D12 because everything's going to be a D12. Uh, then you're getting plus 1D6 because of the dwarves, plus 1D6 because of the uh, of Tharbat, plus another 1D6 because you're sending dwarves to a mountain, uh, is what we're saying. Uh, so that's so right now they're rolling 1D12 plus 3D6s to try to accomplish this task. You're welcome to obviously use audience purchases and stuff like normal. If you wanted to do certain things, you're welcome to dedicate that. 
But that's where you guys would be at right now. Right. My thought, not to get too metagamey with this, is for instance, like the the Rangers uh, going to Kelector, they'll likely get one bonus die and it's TN15. That's going to be very likely that they'll fail then. You know, unless like, you audience dice it up. Yeah. Unless we audience dice. So like we might want to consider focusing our forces a bit more than we are now just because we don't want to lose people right away. That makes sense. So then maybe we'll have the Rangers also continue to focus on Mount Grom. Or we send them with the Oathbreakers so that we're sending two groups to two different locations. Gotcha. So four groups makes sense. to two. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. I will switch that up. So they're going to Hillfolk as well. All right. So then I've got Mount Grom. We've got two groups. Then we've got Moramin Terras. So that, I'm pretty sure that no just means going... Dark Castle. I think that's all that really matters. <laughs> Not at this time. No yeah. one's going to Kelikdor right now. We could send both groups to Kelikdor instead of Taras, but I'm just I thinking... I think Taras is the way to go. That's what I was worried about, that nobody was going to Taras. I think it, If Taras they get two D6s and then a D12, that's going to be an average of, what is that, 7.5 plus 7? That's 14.5. Mm-hmm. So they're technically just under the true the target of 15 like on average that's mm-hmm. like a 50% chance of running with those two groups yeah that way so okay. uh, if we're sending one group to a TN15 they're they're likely not going to make it Got it, yeah okay so okay. i've got two groups i've got the rangers and your oathbreaker doors are going to molamin terras to to scout out what's going on with the the hill folk I've got the Dunlin Dwarves and the Tharbad group. They're headed to Mount Gram to potentially sabotage what's actually going on in there. Uh, and so they, because they're specifically doing a task that's suited environmentally, uh, they get a bonus die for that. So right now they're rolling D12 plus D- 3D6 to try to hit an 18, whereas uh, the other group is rolling a D12 plus 2D6 to try to hit a 15. Uh, the elves that are defending the base, they're fine. It's just a D12, or excuse me, just a target number of 12. So that's kind of where we're at. And then the Forlawn elves are going with you. Okay? All right. Okay. So um, do you guys, let's just, I want to get these, get these rolls, because I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, since you guys are going to specifically go to Othringold, I'm going to roll. I want you guys to tell me how much you want to invest in terms of audience dice, and I'm going to roll it. Uh, and I'll narrate what happens when you guys get back from Othringle. So you won't actually know until you, you in the story, return from your own task. And then we'll see what happens. So how much would you want to give to the folks going to Mount Grom? How many audience dice do we have? Melissa? I was just going to ask. We, have, <laughs> we have absolutely plenty. Yep. Okay. I, I would say narratively, we want an abundance of caution to start with. So I would say we just pump them up as much as we can right now. Remember, if you, you guys do, are okay with that, you can do five dice to get a favored roll. So you can get them two two feet die, taking the favored. If you wanted to spend five audience boost, or you can just give them extra d sixes. You're yeah, what five is it, favorite seven sounds. total we can spend for like two extra d sixes, and yep. or is it six total? Yeah, uh, I think it's seven because it's five seven. for the favored, and then two for four two extra d six. Yeah. Yeah. Would you guys be okay spending seven on both of those groups going out and then maybe two extra dice on the group staying here? That's 16 dice total. I know that's a lot, but... Yeah, that's you know, nice. I'm, I'm okay, okay, okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Keep track of that, Melissa. I'm going to put a little stars it. by my stuff so I know that they're going to be rolling it favored. And then extra D6s. So favored plus two, favored plus two, and then just plus two. Okay. I got it. In here. All right. All right. Well, since you guys aren't waiting around, you guys are going off to, to, to take care of your own tasks. We'll say that there was a very long strategic session. There was a lot of discussion and very, and like, I know that we were doing that kind of out of character, but we can probably envision a montage of us doing that in character where people are talking about this and the Rangers are, are saying, you know, we should go to Kellick door, but then part of you come up and like, we shouldn't split our forces so much. We should, you should reinforce with this. And then like the Tharbad folks are be like, like, you know, you know, Thor, Thor, uh, what's it called? Thor of them and Thebe, like, they all know each other. They work well together. Like, so you can see that there's a lot of that jockeying kind of going back and forth. Um, the only group that seems to be really very resistant by the end to what they're doing are the Rivendell elves as Elro here is like, you want us to wait here and just babysit the horses. This is the task that you have set the sons of Elrond. You have the most important task of all. If there is any sort of trouble with anyone else, you will be the first to hear and you will be the ones coming to their rescue. It's a dangerous land and we don't know which forces are going to the most danger. We need you to be ready and capable to save whoever finds themselves in over their heads. You need to know the details of everything that everyone else is doing so that you can come in as needed. Daggett, uh, you're going to roll a check. You're going to get a bonus here from Arineal, uh to see if you can convince them not to be unhappy. Persuade, I think, is what it sounded like. So roll a persuade. Get a plus one from Arineal. This definitely, I think, is Daggett's strong suit. So this shouldn't be too yeah, difficult. And, uh, uh, my uh, stone necklace will actually light up as well as I spend a hope for a magic success here. Okay. Uh, that is just one success plus the magic success. Uh, I rolled 22 over 15. You see the twins step away for a moment. Very animate. Like they're very animated into the discussion with one another. You see Curador, their friend, the, a smith that you've heard, and their fourth elf come up, and they're all kind of talking. And you can definitely tell that they are arguing some, and you're not entirely sure exactly what they're saying. But eventually, Elrohir and Eladin will return. It's rare that I speak to a dwarf who has such wisdom, but you, in fact, have provided it. We are not happy with the task that you have assigned us, but that does not mean we will not follow it through to the best of our ability. When you have completed your task in Othringul, and our friends from Forland as well, the camp will be here for you, and rest assured that should our rangers... And all dwarves heading off in these more adventurous tasks need reinforcement. We will provide it. However, they get very close at this point to you, Daggett. You will give us something of greater import when you return. Is that I would understood? not want your skills to go to waste, of course. We are agreed. Kind of nod at that point. They whip around. Their hair goes flaring in the wind. As their anger goes with it. I go over to Floy. Are elves always so haughty? 
and no hang. You should have met Thorn, dear. I really don't <laughs> want to if he's like them. Okay. That was another one of those classic long one-liners that just pop out of nowhere. They're just so good. <laughs> okay. So goodbyes are said uh, and everyone kind of goes off venturing in different directions. We see a group heading southwesternly towards Mordamin Taras. We see a group headed southeasternly, almost back the way you came to Mount Gram. And we see you all traveling northeasternly into the frigid looming mountains of Angmar. Now, we're not doing journey rules once we get into Angmar, as I've already explained to the players. We're going to do this more like a skill endeavor. Uh, they know effectively how this is going to work, but just to kind of give you all uh, that are listening or watching an idea of how we're handling this. Um, I think of Angmar as a very stark and dangerous place, dangerous because it is filled with the undead, or the dead, I should say, filled with orcs and goblins, filled with creatures from the Forodwit, filled with just environmental hazards themselves, rain, sleet, ice, fog, getting lost in a avalanche or falling in a crevice. There's so many things that you could potentially encounter. So we're going to treat any sort of travel across the across across Angmar to be a uh, a, a skill and elver of some kind. Now, Othran Gol, actually, if some of you have been there before, is up in the mountains. You actually had to climb, and it was an arduous travel. Uh, and so we are going to consider that to be a uh, an arduous skill endeavor. Because you all are in such outnumbered territory, uh, we're going to, the difficulty, or excuse me, the time limit of this is going to be seven. So effectively, we're going to be doing a skill endeavor that has a difficulty of nine, a time limit of seven, and then we have some special rules that might pop up if you guys run out of time. Uh, the skills that I think are best suited for this, explore, Stealth and athletics. Athletics is just pure brute strength and endurance. Explore finding clever paths and efficiency. Stealth avoiding the potential denizens of Angmar. Uh, so all of those things are those are the skills that are of ideal use for such a such a task. Others can be considered, but they will be penalized in some particular way. Um, if any of you roll an Eye of Sauron, and I know that all of you decide not to and say you roll Gandhi's instead, but if any of you roll an Eye of Sauron, please let me know as some wonderful and amazing things might happen. So I rolled a Sauron already today. You rolled two of them I saw in the chat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I forgot it was favored. They both came up Sauron. Okay. So as we see all of you in the Rivendell Elves, and one, it means one of you, per round of this because because everyone's got to roll a check before this is how i'm running it this is not rules is written this is how i'm running it. before everyone can anyone can roll a second everyone has to at least roll a one uh roll one check one of you can get the elves to help you uh, since you only have one group with you so as you emerge from the burn from the kind of hidden locale where your camp uh, has been set up uh, you can see waving in some fashion from high above and these gnarled trees you can see what you believe is is that Elro here is that Elodin? it's hard to tell but they kind of give you the nod that at least the immediate coast is clear 
and you can leave your staging ground without concern of drawing attention to it. And off you set northeasternly as the sleet and the rain begin to fall. Who takes the lead in pushing through Angmar? Take first go. All right, Floyd, describe what you're doing. Yes, athletics. I'll be the first to lead, going up Mowen's Hills, helping everyone from behind me as much as I can. Pretty much brute forcing our way through. Absolutely. Give it a roll. Let me know how you do. Could Gilly be covering our tracks so nobody can follow back to our camp while Floy leads the way? You certainly can, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's... uh, So if you want to support or assist him, that essentially... Is that, is that what you're asking to do here? Like, I, I don't know if that's... Because either as my own role next or something, like a stealth role or something, or like assisting as in like helping hide our tracks as he leads the way, whichever. Uh, I mean, you can do that. This is more like I'm treating this more as your tr- guys are trying to find ways to progress ahead as opposed to worry about what's behind. I, I, Got I it. Okay. Think of, think, of a, think of things you can do to push forward. Uh, okay. Floyd, how did you do? Yes. 23, great success. Great success. So two success. So success plus a bonus. All right. So it's going to reduce difficulty down to seven, time down to six. So Floyd, the the little area that you found was was definitely on. I mean, like it is the nicest patch of land that you have seen in your multiple trips now to Angmar, and it is not a particularly attractive place to begin with. But the hills you think have eroded a bit. Maybe it's because the stream cutting through maybe it just happens to catch wind at the right angle as it swings down from the mountains above because when you are not more than two miles away from your camp everything around you turns ragged and rigid you can see there are cracks long and winding in the ground a few times uh, one or two of you you lose your footing and nearly fall down a 20-foot fissure in the ground and have to be fetched and pulled back up Also, you notice that you are not alone as you're traversing this ground. And it's for most of the day, you can tell that there are something in the sky. You can see it. You can see shadows here and there kind of pop up and some of the low hanging clouds that waft down from the mountains. It's not a singular creature. Perhaps it's more of those things that were we're attacking you at Nadil's, Nadil's homestead. You're not sure, but you see shadows above, but you're able at times when it becomes most concerning to pull the folks in your group into a cleft or hide beneath an overhang, something like that. A couple times you, as you're pushing up a hill, it crumbles, an avalanche comes down and you have to effectively sit there with shield or sit there with, whatever you can find to just sort of break this, this icy deluge that comes down. But you're able a few times to bypass what looks like scouting parties. And you can see that there are some well, uh, some well armored and well equipped orcs with, uh, with these large white wolves, bigger than any wargs that you all have fought to the South, much like the ones that you saw at Mount Graham. And they are moving with great, rigidity with great formation like it's surprising in some way but again you're taking these these paths you're kind of going up these hills you're avoiding some of the obvious routes and you're able to make some progress 
Now, who would like to go next? Who would like to take over? You, you, you manage to avoid any major dangers. Yeah, uh, Daggett, as everyone knows, likes to be stealthy. And he prepared for this journey by painting his armor darker so that it wouldn't reflect as much, uh, by making sure to pad it so it wouldn't be as loud. And I think he would like to range about uh, a bit ahead and apart from the group, uh, looking for any sort of dangers that would uh, come up to guide them away. Uh, like you said, just making sure that we don't run into any other denizens on our way there, if I could stealth about. Yes, go right ahead. Yeah. And can I use my good. useful item? Uh, yes, absolutely. That is what they are for. Uh, oh, that was a bad roll, but I think I just made it. Uh, 17 over 15. One okay. success. Ooh. One success. Okay. And the reason you barely made it is because there were is an extraordinarily close call as at one point you see traversing from the south coming down a slope that you think kind of maybe southeastish not in the direction of mount graham maybe even more eastwardly you just see this very kind of white ridge white slope and you don't even notice that there is a white furred creature that is not unlike the creature that you all buried at the bottom of a mine shaft where your brother and Rollin now call home. The fur is of different color, but the size and the ferocity, and it isn't until it's probably about 15 yards from you that you actually notice that some of the fur around its mouth is sodden with blood. Its eyes as well carry that same color. And you notice that it's not alone as riding atop it, almost hidden atop it, uh, is some kind of troll. You, you, you would peg it as a troll because it's got this kind of blue tinted skin in some ways, almost looks like it's been frozen in and of itself. And as you're, as you're getting very close, you have to quickly duck down. And while you're sure you weren't seen, pull your arm kind of up and you take a whiff of your beard and you realize you are giving off quite an odor. You hear the sound of this creature <laughs> sniffing around. You feel like their hooves or their, their paws just kind of stomping around, shaking. It's not unlike that moment in the fellowship where the Nazgul are kind of just swooping across the uh, the path and the the hobbits are kind of hiding in the hovel underneath. You feel your your weapon almost like sliding out of its out of where it holds, like almost as if it has its this idea of its own, and you have to quickly grab it. It's then that you hear a voice, Arr! and you realize it's the troll. And then a little further away, you hear another, "Hi." And the rest of you who are now coming up over a ridge looking for where Daggett might have gone. You see there are three of these snow trolls riding the backs of these massive bear-like ursine beasts. And Gilly, with your keen eyes, you can see there is Daggett in this little nook beneath a ridge as one of those bears is standing atop it. And it's, it's not, and you can see its muzzle 
<laughs> like it's actually smelled something. And you see little drips of, of dirt and rocks begin to fall, sprinkle down Daggett's beard. And for a moment, you think maybe this is, this is it. You're about to engage. But then they continue to descend down this ridge and they start venturing what looks like down and around and kind of sloping southeastwardly for a bit. This is the first time you've seen such large creatures atop these beasts before, but you have seen those beasts. They are far better trained, those beasts were, than the one that Arineal saw with Marimben and the one that you all fought in the mines in the Blue Mountains. These were trained and allowed to be ridden. Several heartbeats pass until you realize that they have gone farther enough away from you that you guys could once more breathe. Dag it, you're able to come out from where you were hiding. It's far too close for comfort. We need to group back up and continue. Far too close. I'm the one who got slobber in their beard. You did. You uh, might want to do something about the way that you uh, do not fit into the odor of the landscape. Are you telling me I smell? I'm just telling you that you smell differently. Don't you do things with the beard and whatnot that, you know, just roll around in dirt a little bit? I wash my beard. What, what do things with the... the? The scent of soap is not the scent of dirt. You're saying that. Baggett's <laughs> <laughs> just flustered now, uh, frustrated <laughs> that his beard and scent are being insulted. Uh, he just had a bear beast like crawl over him. Uh, and he just starts like grumbling angrily to himself. <laughs> At a certain point, Balavan will come up. Are you quite finished? Can we continue with our task? And he doesn't even wait for your answer. He just plunges northward. Uh, who would like to take up the next mantle? Who would like to go next? Uh, six difficulty, five time limit. Can I uh, get Tara to go with athletics? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can give it a roll, describe what you're doing, or vice versa, however you want to handle uh it. Um, are, are we going up a mountain or can you describe the landscape At this a point, bit for me? Between Daggett and Floy pushing out from the burn, kind of going up the foothills of, of Angmar. Yeah, you are actually starting to properly climb. And in some cases, it's sheer cliff wall that you're climbing up. You're looking right. for signs of pass. But once or twice, you start veering up what looks like a goat path only to have it crumble and you have to return back and start again. So it is becoming much more difficult of a climb now. This is all in in that case, hours and days, yeah. Uh, I I think the um, I I think the athletics uh, check like the brute force and the strength really is um, just finding handholds 
um, and footholds that are strong enough to bear the weight and Absolutely. basically kind of pushing down as hard as I, I can as I climb up to see if it crumbles beneath me. We see another reference. We see rings of power moment in the very beginning where Galadriel and the other elves are climbing up a sheer cliff face and Angmar near the forward way. And Taraneth, maybe you have like a, a rope tied to some of your packs and belongings of the, sh you know, as you're, as you're moving up here and there, you have to reach down and kind of give maybe Gilly or Rineal or one of the, the elves kind of a hand to reach another one. And it is a very slow process as you, as you're climbing up, you are getting pelted by rain and sleet and cold wind. Uh, give us the athletics test and let me know how you do. Yeah, I'd like to use one audience type, please. Sure. Okay. Uh, and that is a 24 with one six. Okay, so that's two successes on that. So we are now down to four difficulty with four time limit left. You managed to climb for, it must have been hours. Foy originally led you out for maybe half a day. Eventually, you kind of camped. Daggett took the lead in the morning, finding a path forward. Later that afternoon, Taraneth, as the dwarves are kind of catching their breath, as Gilly and Arineal are keeping sure that no one is following them, you kind of take the lead as you start climbing up this, this, this wall. And the mountains themselves, they look different than when you were last here, because the last time the rest of you were here, uh, it was wintertime. So they're not as coated and covered, and you can see that there's the bones of them, the rock of them is far, far more pronounced in some ways, which isn't to say that ice still doesn't, doesn't exist. There is. And every now and then you, your hands slip, you see a chunk of the wall fall on you and you, something falls from above More and more. Those of you with keen ears or with high awareness skills, you hear the sounds of crunching above you. A few times you look up and something falls in like this patch of earth. And then that crunching goes away and you're not sure if it was just the earth moving or if there was a creature stalking these these these, uh, these mountain walls as well. But we'll say Taraneth leads maybe about a four-hour climb and much of that is pure vertical. You take breaks along the way. You find these little caves and crannies where you can breathe and get water and sit. And you look down and realize you've barely climbed at all. <laughs> like that's how long this takes. But nonetheless, you continue to progress. No one is harmed. And you think, but are not confident that you have not been noticed yet. Those of you who have familiarity with Othran Gull, you do know that the closer you got to that place, the stranger things became. Like there was some sort of sense of magic imbued in the stones here, as if whatever was going on within that subterranean, that mountainside fortress, somehow was bleeding out into the earth itself, where it almost kind of seemed like the earth around you, the environment, was trying to give away your position to various creatures. So I'll turn to Arineal or to Gilly Kettlegrass. Uh, who wants to take up the next task? Uh, maybe Gilly will, especially considering that we had concerns that there was a creature nearby. Uh, she'll kind of lead us to be more stealthy along the way up. 
Okay. Sounds good. Absolutely. Give us uh, give us that stealth roll. The maybe one of the reasons you took that vertical climb was because it led to a little bit more of a gradual ascent. It's still everything's still. It's still like the mountain doesn't want to be climbed. It's like it's trying to push you off at every step of the way, and you have to cling to it with dear life, whether it's with your hands, your feet, your mountain climbing equipment, whatever it could possibly be. But Gilly, you more than once hear the sounds of that crunching and crackling. A couple times, maybe you think it's that that whatever haunting that's been ringing in your ears since you left Sorendir. Maybe it's that, but then you see a chunk of earth fall from above and a chunk of earth fall from above. And you realize, no, this is actually happening. This isn't just in your head. There is crackling happening around you. How'd you do? Great success. Okay. Very nice. At a certain point, Gilly, as you're climbing up, you're probably two thirds of the way up the mountain. Uh, it's more of a, a base calculation than it is any sign of familiarity. Like you're not finding the same paths you took before. But what you do see is a creature that you saw before. As you see a massive white and blue drake that is perched atop an edifice about 100 feet above your head right now. You see it extend these arms, which is probably in itself maybe 30 or more feet wide, Not Mm -hmm. wings, but webbing between them. And you can see that it's it's like gnawing on something as it does. And as you're watching, this leg falls and just falls. This bloody, massive leg. And as your eyes are watching, as the rest of you watch this fall, you see as this creature leaps off the cliff and like a dive bomb goes flying down after it. And just as it looks like it's about to kind of crash in to the wall, crash into the ground below you. It grabs that fallen leg mid midair and this long mouth and it just curves and kind of glides down to the ground. You see this huge cut in the earth where it lands. You see a rupture of snow and ice and, and rock where it lands itself and kind of flings it around like a dog playing with its food and crunch and crunch and where it was a hundred yard hundred feet above you it is now a hundred feet below you on a ledge below you can see it stops and it kind of starts looking around the left to the right and then you see it turn this huge this huge tail sweeping across the ground you can see there's spikes in the ridge going up the back a ways the scales are glittering in some way as you look down. There's no light, yet it somehow seems to. And these pale eyes that you can see from a distance, Gilly, with your your keen vision. Mm-hmm. And it is staring directly up at where all of you are currently crouched and hidden within a cleft of this wall. And it's watching and looking. Its head tilts to the side like a dog trying to calculate something. Then its head whips around in a different direction. You see it scampering off as if it didn't see you. This is not the first time that Gilly has been put in a terribly close situation with this creature. Uh, It's not going to be the last either. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
And <laughs> I presume maybe we're all kind of hidden amongst the snow or whatever slush Something is like left. Yeah. Yeah. And Gilly even waits even after she witnessed it, a, a beat or two after it's left before she motions that we should continue. And Arinio, I think you're the last to go. How are you contributing for this possibly last leg? Possibly not. Uh, two difficulty, three time limit left. Uh, so I would say I'm going to not necessarily go with my best thing, uh, but I'm going to try explore because it seems like, okay, we kind of got ourselves hidden and now we need to kind of find our way back to the path again. So that's what she is going to and has anyone actually made use of Balavan or the elves? Not yet. Okay. And I'm the last one in the round. Okay. They haven't been having as much of trouble climbing up. As you can see, they are very, very balanced, very quick in their movements. They're very stealthy as well as you see them with their slenderness disappear in this little crack and crevice in the wall here and there. And then when you do manage to find a path, this like elevation path, like almost rocky steps, they move up with great alacrity. And the wind itself, like it doesn't really seem to bother them as much. Their eyes continue to look forward and forward as ice and rock and dirt smash against their faces and their cheeks. As as you and Balavan step forward, he looks over to you. Hmm. And then look up. Do you know the rest of the way, Ranger? We do not appear to be taking the same path, but I do know where we need to go. Hmm. We will only stop. Was it here where you abandoned, my friend? Or was it further down or closer? And I'll point in the general direction. Just. Hmm way I will defer to your experience Ranger but let's move quickly before that creature returns your eyes are quite useful for this okay Uh, give us that explore get a plus 1d6 for Balavan's help we'll see if you can find a path up you do well enough you actually could take us straight into author and go right up to the edge I should say Doing math, I need to roll the plus one. Um, that is an extraordinary success. That is two sixes. Uh, and even though I only had a four on my D12, the math still worked out. Okay. Uh, so as your eyes are peering about and what you can't see, Balavan's describing to you. And he would say, I see a small ridge. I see what looks like an obelisk, perhaps. A hundred yards, perhaps 200 above. There is yet another one of these ledges that goes out twice as far. And then he's kind of describing, describing. And you realize as he starts to describe this ledge, you remember it. You remember that the entrance to Arthurin Gull was on a plateau of sorts that extended out northwesternly from the side of one of the mountains of Angmar. And you remember that there was this outcropping of rock atop of it that you found this ruined 
door within. And as he's describing it, you know it to be, that's it. That's the entrance to Othran Gold. He's describing more and more the path that you see and, and that he sees. And the two of you together are able to essentially trailblaze. And you find a not difficult path up, relatively speaking, compared to the dangers of a vertical climb, the dangers of this, this drake nearly detecting you. Like this last leg is not so difficult. However, along the way, you are passing like into the mountain and then out again and then in. Like you're weaving between these very shallow caves and once or twice, Arineal, you almost have to do a double take as you see like a, a small chunk of rock or ice on the interior of a cave. Maybe the light catches it just a little bit strangely, and you swear you see a face looking out at you. And you hear the sort of familiar whispers every time you step into this interior portion of the shallow cave that kind of connects through to a different side of the mountain. You hear that same sound, that same series of whispers. But then when you stop and you look more closely, you realize it is not a face. I mean, not really, not the way that the room within Othran Gold was, which were almost carved artistically. Here, it's just... Sure, you can maybe see that, but no no elf or dwarf or any other person with any craftsmanship would ever describe that as artistic, you know, as an actual representation. You pass out into the wind once more, you are pelted with more snow and ice, and you weave through once more into another one of these small, shallow, um, these kind of shallow clefts. You see on the ground a pile of wet bones, broken covered in blood what you imagine was that creature that drake's lunch push past it once more you don't see it and then all of you are once more on a very flat unnaturally so plateau and now at this point in time with the fact that it's not actually winter your feet aren't sinking between snow. You hear the sounds of your footsteps echoing across this in some way. You move over towards this outcropping. And for the second time, you see standing carved into the side of, of the mountain, this outcropping staring westward. And as you look west, you can see more mountains. You can see lightning in the sky. You see the door to Othran Gull, which I still actually have. So I'm going to share it with you all with those of you very narrow very tall these beautiful runes metallic of some kind it's covered in grime and ice and stands before you what do you do and Arineal and Balavan have not shared many pleasantries but when I sort of come up to this area Arineal will sort of just kind of tug on the side of his cloak and just sort of stop. And she just feels the weight and she sort of gets these flashbacks almost to sort of the last time she saw Maribem 
and the wall of faces that she's seen so many times in the nightmares that kept repeating and kept repeating. And so she almost sort of has to steal herself for a second as she just sort of kind of grasps his cloak for a second. And then she kind of takes deep breath. We have found what we came for. Balavan says, no, we have not. This is just a door. Sorndir might lie within, or at the very least an answer to what befell him. If not finished anything yet, steal yourself. There's work to be done. Indeed. And she'll kind of turn to the rest of the, the fellowship and just sort of that look of knowing of those that have seen the door before. Just like I remember. Dag it. Go ahead, sorry. I'll see. Is still activity around? People are still going through it? No, I mean, it's it's closed. You don't see anyone guarding it? I mean, last time you were here, no one, you never saw the one come and go from it. You all actually sat around for a little while trying to figure out how to enter it, and no one really chased you out. The only creatures you really fought or encountered inside were the dead, specters, ghosts, undead, that massive creature atop the elk that was dragging the dead behind them, the birds as well. Like, But you've never seen anyone come and go from it other than yourselves. This stands before you. Uh, Gilly does have kind of like almost these like strips of cloth, like the size of a bandana that she's prepared that she hands out to everyone and instructs to cover their face um, before we do enter and go down there and explains again, sure. goes over how the specters would burst into, into dust. When you try to hand it to Amdrim, you look around and you realize he's not standing next to you all, but you see him on the edge of the plateau. Looking not towards Othrungul, not towards the entrance, but away, like western, northwesternly. And he's just kind of lingering there. And when you come up to hand it to them, he doesn't immediately respond. And after a moment, you see him sort of startling. I'm sorry, Miss Kettlegrass. Were you saying something to me? Yeah, uh, yes. Uh,. You, I need you to wear this while we're when we enter oh of course have of course. you have you been here before and he looks and his and his eyebrows kind of furrow and he looks at you and he says I look of terror almost I cannot recall have I And he just kind of looks out again, like over this massive drop. You can't mm -hmm. even see the ground as this mist forms and you can't really see how far, but there's this horrible rocky slope deep below where this plateau extends out from the mountain. The ridge continues in this western, northwesternly fashion. Storm clouds on the horizon. 
darkening the sky, occasional violent streaks of lightning. Somewhere out there, there might be Karndoom, you're not sure. But he takes the mask and he ties it deftly. Um, shall follow you, Mr. Kettlegrass. Uh, and, and Gilly does offer a hand and, and does lead him away from the, the ledge. Okay. Do you all remember how to open this door? Tara, quick word, Belvant. Uh, sorry, Dag, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say, since he hasn't been here, he would be very interested in like the actual engineering of the door, looking at it for the first time. Um, sure. I know we, we've looked, the rest of the group has looked at it before. He probably wouldn't have heard how they got in, but like as he's looking, would he, Stephen is asking this more than Daggett. Would there be like any dried blood on there or any remnants of that? There is definitely some discoloration to various grooves on the door. Nothing recent. Doesn't look like anyone has. I had imagine you probably have all have conversed at some point about this thing and how you kind of cut your palm, you feed your blood to it, and somehow that creates a mechanism. You don't see any mechanism, though, Daggett. You're not really sure. You can peer into the grooves themselves, but you're not sure exactly how it functions. Um, I, th I think Daggett would just spend some time really studying, trying to, like, obviously, I don't think he'd be able to understand, but he would be trying to figure out the mechanics behind it, if not yeah. magic. Yeah. Um, I would say without really kind of getting into the rock outcropping into the doorway into whatever mechanism might exist below the floor and beyond the door there's probably not much you can glean from here if you were to try to like deconstruct it at some point that could probably lead to some more enlightenment but definitely magic is somehow involved definitely not something you'd want to do now uh, he wouldn't want to even touch it yet uh okay uh, Tara, you were going to say something. Uh, yeah, can uh, Tara have a quick word with Balvan? Uh, it would have to be very quick as he is standing at the door getting ready to cut his hand. Uh, that's fine. Before he does, I will put a hand on his shoulder and um, kind of forcefully... Uh, it, I, I'm insisting on having a word and being physical about it. Really? Yeah. If that's the case, he whirls around and he puts a knife at your throat. Okay. We've been allies to this point. My friend. Put my the love down. is inside. Put the knife down. You take your hand off me. This she instant. Her, she takes her hand off him. He lowers the, the knife. knife down. You seem to be under the mistaken impression that you are the only one who cares that Sorndi is left, has been left. I have joined this fellowship very recently, and I can tell you that Sorndi's absence is looming, to say the least. And nobody blames themselves more than Nervenil. It is... Not my place to tell you how to grieve. And then how why to... are you doing it now? Because we here I are at the doorstep of this place, and you want to talk to me. 
I need you. You want to talk. You want to converse. You petty thing who has lived a blink of my life will tell me how to behave. I shall listen to it no longer. If you wish my very disdainful at at this. Like she she is visibly disgusted. Step away. I care not for your words. Cuts his hand, smashes it against the door. And he watches the blood begins to spread out in a non-gravitational manner feeds into the grooves and you watch the door begin to grind open. Okay. And the door to Othran Gull is once more open. Balavan, without hesitation, plunges inside. Gilly, are you holding on to Amdurim's hand? I am, yeah. He crumbles to the ground. The (gasps) other... Forlond elves crumble to the ground. And that Does is Balvan where we're going to end. as well? Nope. He okay. plunges down underneath, and that's where we're going to end. Oh, gosh. <gasps> oh, 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 God. just happened? I mean, stuff. <laughs> I can't blame him, though. No! no. <laughs> Daggett no. just looks at Floyd. Elves, am I right? <laughs> More left to do. Oh my god. Oh wow. Oh and man. That was great. I, say, I said they were going with you. I didn't say they were gonna help. No, no, no. No. I it, no part of my reaction should be taken as a complaint. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making a note for myself for next time. Oh, oh goodness. boy. Okay. And then, and then okay, all set. All right, so that is the end of tonight. Uh we'll be back in a week uh to plunge once more into the depths of Othran Gull to deal with the fallout of what just happened. Yes. Uh, rage overtaking Balavan uh, and then the rest of the Forlorn Elves collapsing in front of your eyes. Uh, hmm. Okay. Uh, can, let's see. can you just remind me how many of them there are? Sure. Uh, there are six, six total. Six. six total. Thank you. Thank and you. So one Balavan now. has plunged down. <laughs> the other five have all fallen around you. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad I pulled Amdrin from the fucking cliff edge. That's Jesus so Christ. cool that you were like holding on to him and leading him back when that happened. That was like perfect. Was he was awesome. going to fall off the cliff, by the way. Like I was oh going to have God. him fall off the cliff. That's just going to happen. I'm so glad you one got him. <laughs> and then collapse. Okay. Yeah. There are pros and cons to bringing the Forlorn Elves back to a place in which the Forlorn Elves were messed with. Uh, so yeah, this is gonna be good. Uh, all right. Yeah, so like you said, they would have they would have come no matter. Oh, they were coming no matter <laughs> what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 were coming no matter what. Balavan especially. Uh, I have plans. Uh, okay, so then next time farming the relationship right here right now hurts. Steven said I can do whatever I want, so I'm. Doing it's true. It. Fair game. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
I like the inversion too of like everyone else like, okay, caution, take your time, take your time. And like Elf, who's been alive for thousands of years, is like, get the fuck off me. Like, I, <laughs> my, my man is down there. Shut <laughs> up. I was uh, like, wait, I guys... I, we just learned something we didn't know. We were hinting at it here and there. So Gilly I feel knew. Like, why not? Gilly knew. Yeah. 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 Okay. Was, uh, I assume they that. were... Very close. I I have no They're idea. They're romantic. I don't. I mean, like we don't. We haven't really defined it too much, but like they definitely uh, had a very close relationship. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's get on out of here. What's next? Monday is the next time we're gonna be streaming something. Maybe Call of mm-hmm. Cthulhu. Maybe something else. Don't really know. Uh, Tuesday, Stephen. What do we got going on? Forbidden Lands. Uh, The party has just arrived at the base of a volcano at the Orc Homelands, and there is an army of wolf Vikings at their doorsteps. Uh, So we're going to find out how that resolves. Two wolf Vikings? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wolfkin Vikings. Yeah, Reavers. I was like, I'm thinking of like actual wolves as Vikings. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Shield wall or something. Okay. Uh, ah. Thursday, we've got some die, the role playing game. Friday, we've got, um, what do we got next Friday? Conan, uh, I think is up. If you haven't yet followed the channel, please do twitch.tv slash the gaggers. If you're watching this later, hop on over to Twitch, give us a, uh, give us a follow. And if you wouldn't mind also check out the YouTube page, adventures and lollygagging, uh, give us a subscribe there to be great. We've got all sorts of games that we've been playing for the past couple of years over there. So if there's, if you don't like one ring, that sucks, but maybe there's something else there that you might like instead. Uh, so, uh, other than that, have a great rest of your weekend. Welcome back and, uh, to author and gold and we'll see the rest of it next time. So bye-bye. <laughs>